Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Good morning, Faith Life Church. You know, it's great to see you this morning. Well, it's more so you looking at me than I'm really looking at you. The word that I have for you this morning, I have it titled as Wait on God, as you guys probably see down below or probably what you've opened up in the podcast. And the reason why I thought wait on God is not just, you know, waiting on Him in regards to time, but wait on Him in regards to leaning on Him as well, really being intimate and close with Him. You know, over the years, there's been this misconception, this, this idea that, you know, whatever we ask for at any time, it's just going to come to us. You know, we have this mentality, this thought that God is like some sort of genie where we just have our wish of the day and it's just going to be granted to us just like that. We heard it in some sermons or some friends that are sharing it with us or maybe even family members or those that are close to you. But what I want to explore this morning is what does intimacy look like? Because that's what we need to be focusing on. That's, that's the big key of it all is intimacy and what that brings to us. And we see an example of this in John 15 verse 7. And I'll be reading from the Passion Translation where it says, But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. The key thing here is what opened my eyes is that there is a then. The thing that we believe for where what we ask for and, and from that we will receive it, that comes after intimacy. And you're thinking, AJ, where's the word intimacy? It just says life union. Well, in the NIV version, it says remain. It, it talks about us being with God, not only just being next to Him, but being close to Him, remaining in Him, other than just physical, but emotionally, mentally, and all these things. And see, this passage gets skewed, disordered. And what I mean by that is we sometimes mix and match the order of things as to what suits us. And of course, it's much easier for us to ask things than to receive things and not really have that much of a commitment. It's much easier to just get things. Where we have this idea where God is somewhat obligated, where we say, okay, you know, the Bible says that you do give us things. Okay, if that's the case, then I have free will to do this. I'm going to say this, 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 and this. And at times this inspires us to think, okay, I can just start things and then realize like, hang on, I think I need God involved into this situation. And you ask, okay, God, be in this situation, help me out here. But the issue is we're not really being intimate with him. This was not in his plans. This is not in his blueprint for you. So we start to stop, you know, consulting God. And at times there is a focus on the latter. There's a great focus on asking and then receiving, asking and receiving, that we lose sight of the former things, which was to be intimate with him. So with this passage, God is telling us, intentionally telling us that we need intimacy with him. We need to have this relationship with him. We need to have this desire to see more of him, to live with him, to remain in him intimacy with him above all else and that's something that we need to develop and grow and through intimacy we too will develop and grow and for some of you thinking well how do I grow 
how, you know, this is something that I've been hearing about. What is growth? What, what do you mean by growth? Do I increase in size or get taller? Do I know more things? This is talking about maturity. When it talks about growth, it's talking about your spiritual maturity. And how do we grow this spiritual maturity? It's by spending time with God intentionally throughout the week, not just on a Sunday, but on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday as well. There are six other days that God exists and he's saying, look, I want to be with you in those days as well. Another thing is prayer and application of prayer, where it says, but if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, that's talking about prayer. That's talking about your prayer life. We need to be vulnerable with him, be able to pray to him, not just when things are bad or not just celebrate the good times, but to be with him in the good times and the bad times. To talk to him, to have a relationship with him, not just when it, when it works out, not when it fits in your schedule, but to have a desire, a yearning and hunger to seek him. And not only that, but to be vulnerable with him in those times. Anything, okay, this all sounds great. You know, I want to pray, but how do I pray? How do I talk to him? What does that even look like? Do I just speak out in the open air and then see what happens? Or like, how can I converse with something or someone I can't see? And I was thinking, how, how do you pray? Right? And then God reminded me, well, it's very similar to how you worry over things. See, when you worry over things, you start to repeat words over the situation. You, you develop a perspective. And from that perspective, you speak words, you repeat it, and then you start declaring it over your life, then you start believing in it. And then it's this loop, it's this cycle, it's this cycle of worry. Whereas prayer does the similar steps, but from a different perspective. When prayer it comes with repeating words, saying words over the situation, from how you perceive it to be. And when it's in prayer, you're perceiving it from heaven's reality. You're not seeing it from the issue, but you're seeing it, or you're trying to see it as best as you can from heaven's reality. We speak over the situation. You meditate over the situation. You dwell in it, but you dwell in the truth rather than the lies. So my question for you this morning is, what are the words you're saying? What are the words you're praying? Are you worrying or are you praying over your situation? What are you focusing on and what perspective is that? And then another question that comes up, I'm sure that some of you are thinking is, when do we know when we're intimate with God? You may ask yourself, okay, I pray, I make him priority number one, I think about him on a daily, but how do I know if I'm intimate? How do I know whether I have a relationship with God and not just acknowledge God? In John 15, 14, it says, you show that you are my intimate friends when you obey all that I command you. So now this highlights in this passage that there is a practical side of being intimate, and that is obedience. Practical obedience. And when I was praying about this, what God highlighted was when you express practical obedience, it releases a fragrance of intimacy. It's a fragrance. It's not something that is just done once and forgotten, but it leaves a fragrance, it leaves a mark. In what's practical obedience, what does that look like? It means dropping everything 
It means letting go of your own desires, letting go of things that you're carrying or that you put into your arms or in your hands, all the baggage that you've got, letting that go and ready to move towards what God is asking you to do. If you could imagine with me right now, whether it be a family member or, or a best friend of yours, if they, were, if they called you in the middle of the night seeking help, how far would you go for them? Would you be like, okay, yeah, thanks for the heads up. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll catch up with you. We'll see, you know, we'll see what happens. Thanks for letting me know. Or would you wake up that instant, get out of bed, drive your car to where they may be and try help them as best as you can? I know that may be an issue right now with, with the whole COVID restriction, all that kind of things with the, with the travel limitations, but it doesn't mean that you'll, you'll not do anything. You'll still try and do as much as you can, as best as you can to try and support that friend. And that's what practical obedience looks like. Letting go of all the things that you're carrying, letting go of all of the thoughts, all of the doubts, all of the fears, and being ready to move in and help out. And I'm seeing this as, okay, yes, that's practical obedience, God, but you mentioned fragrance. What does this fragrance of intimacy look like? And why is it a fragrance? And then God highlighted, well, when you're obedient, when you're intimate with me, it releases this fragrance that other people see, other people can smell, other people can taste, things that will inspire them, things that will see like, wow, not only do I see that obedience, but wow, I see that intimacy. That person is intimate with God. And that fruit shows. It's a fruitful intimacy. What I want to remind you, church, this morning is that we can't just be reserved friends with God. We need to be intentional, a servant and slave to the relationship that we have with God, ready to drop things at a moment's notice. And this is the foundations of obedience. I'm not saying this is all that you need to do. I'm saying this is the foundations. This is ground level stuff. This is what we need to have, the attitude we need to have when we have this obedience, this intimacy with God. Proverbs 3.32 says, He is intimate with the upright. You know, some of us want to be friends with God, but we can't obey the very things that He asks for us. And as convicting as, as that may be, as upfront as that may be, Sometimes we have these thoughts where like, you know, God, I don't feel like it. When God asks you to do something, it may be small, it may be big. I'm not saying every obedient thing that he wants to ask of you is a, is a large scale thing. Sometimes it could be a small thing. But sometimes we think, okay, God, you know, that's not really how I would do it. Or you say, oh God, but that's not really where I normally go. Or you say, and you start to develop these reasons as to why not, rather than as to why you should. You know, Jesus made it clear that we need to do the works of the Father. Now, this is despite what we feel, what we think, or what we heard about what's happening in our situation. And so, this brings out this whole element where intimacy now requires depth. For obedience being a foundation, we need that foundation to go much deeper than a shallow ground level thing. So how do we develop this depth of intimacy? And then God just poured out this list and one of the things was reading the word, reading the Bible, 
And I'm sure, and well, I hope this morning that each and every one of you has a Bible or a notepad or something to write down on, but to study his word, meditate on his word. Not only read it, but to soak in it, to live it out. Other thing is prayer, sharing your faith, being vulnerable with him, listening to him, listening to God. And a lot of us, when it comes to listening to God, you say, yeah, I hear him, he speaks to me, all, all this and that. That's great, but when he talks about listening to God, it's listening and then pouring it out. It's got to have a flow. Listening is a flow. So when God says something, it's not something that you hold up and just keep inside of you, and that's all where it goes. But when he tells you something, whether it be a revelation or a fresh encounter, that's something for you to pour out. Nothing is to trust in God. Acceptance of who God is. And, you know, most importantly, letting God do his thing. Letting God be God in your life. You know, a lot of things that he may speak to us, who may seek it as, or see it as a suggestion, who may see it as a good idea, but you may still think, okay, God, that's great, but I think I've got, I've got this in my hands. I, I know what I'm doing. But if you want to be obedient, we need to let go of that. We need to allow God to be God in our lives. And we need to make sure that the relationship that we have with God isn't focused on, okay, what am I getting out of it? Isn't focused on, okay, if I'm sticking in this relationship with God, if I stay to be intimate with God, I'm going to get this, 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 and this. No, that's not how a relationship should be. Because it needs to be intentional, it needs to be intimate. And intimacy with Him means that it's, the intimacy is all about Him, not about us in any way. And then God highlights that intimacy is his highest priority in your life. Let me remind you, just because you go to church on a Sunday, just because you've been baptized, just because you've given your heart to God, doesn't automatically mean that you're intimate with God, that you're in a close-knit relationship with God, because the relationship has to go both ways. Sure, you may have accepted Christ in your life, but you also need to go further. You need to go and develop that relationship, that intimate relationship with him. So now I want to look into what does the Bible say about intimacy? Now, there are many passages, and I'm only just going to go through a few just to highlight to you as to, okay, what does this relationship look like? And what does God get out of this relationship? What do we get out of this relationship? Now, I do know not to focus on what we get out of it, but I just want, I just want you to understand that there's, there's a weight in intimacy. There's a weight behind it all. We start off in John 15, verse 5 to 8. From the, I'm reading from the message translation. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me, and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is. When you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. Isaiah 45 verse 5, reading from the Passion Translation. It says, I am Yahweh, the only God there is, and you will never find another. I will strengthen you for victory, even though you do not intimately know who I am. John 15 verse 4. 
from the Passion Translation. It says, so you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. Proverbs 3.6 from the Passion Translation, it says, Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. Isaiah 43.10 from the Passion Translation says, Yahweh says, You are my witnesses, my chosen servants. I chose you in order that you would know me intimately. Believe me always and fully understand that I am the only God. There was no God before me and there would be no other God before me. Genesis chapter 1 verse 22, God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. You see, the intimacy that we have with God and what God has with us is something that's chosen. It's not something automatic. In the passage that I've previously mentioned, God has chosen to be intimate with us. And so likewise, we need to choose whether we want to be intimate with Him. And it's highlighted from the passages that God's intimacy with us brings about victory. And victory, not, it may not seem like the victory in our eyes. It may not seem like the immediate victory that we're wanting, but it will end in victory. The full stop in your situation is victory. Your intimacy with God, which is on the flip side, brings about fruitfulness, your fruitfulness and direction. So us being intimate with God allows us to be fruitful. Us being intimate with God allows us to be led in the right direction, to be aligned according to His will. And you're probably thinking, Major, you know, you read Genesis chapter 1, verse 22. What does that have to do with things? It didn't even mention the word intimacy or being in life union or anything like that. No, but it does mention about how God desires us to be fruitful. And this brings up an interesting thing because we can't be fruitful if we're not intimate with God. We can't produce the fruits that He's asking for or created us to to have and to produce if we're not intimate with Him to begin with. You know, in Psalm 127 from the NIV, reading from verse 1, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for He grants sleep to those He loves. So for those that don't understand, when it says in vain, it means all the things that you're doing, it means nothing. It produces nothing. It doesn't help you in any way. That's what it's saying. So when it says this from chapter one, from verse 1, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders are laboring and building for nothing. It's not producing anything. You're not producing any fruit. And that's what it's saying. That's what it means. So without the intimacy with God, without consulting God, without being with God in a, in a tight and close relationship, a lot of the things we do end up being in vain. Although they would be seemingly pleasing to God, although we may think, okay, this is what I see in the Bible, this is what they do, this is what I see um, my church leaders, this is what I see my senior pastors do, and you start to do those things, but a lot of those things will turn out to be in vain. Why? 
because what you're doing is not only echoing what other people are doing, but you're not having, and which results in you not having your own encounter with God, but also shows that you're not having your own intimate relationship with God, not being able to personally obey Him, not being able to personally serve God. And as I mentioned earlier, people around you will recognize these fruits. People around you will recognize the fragrance and lack thereof. If people see that you are not intimate with God, there'll be a fragrance that will be released or there'll be a lack of fragrance that will be released. In Matthew 7, reading from verse 21 to 27 from the NIV, there's this passage called True and False Disciples, which one I want to look into. From verse 21, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Verse 22, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then this is, this is, I suppose, the most confronting bit in verse 23 is when Jesus will reply to them saying, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Reading on from verse 24, it says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and bed against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down. The streams rose and the winds blew and bit against that house and it fell with a great crash. See, your current life, the life that you live today, and also the next life, which we live in eternity, a lot of it weighs heavily on our intimacy with God right now. Not on our intimacy with God tomorrow or the day after that, but right now. We need to be like the builders, the wise builders that listen to Jesus that followed his instructions, that went according to how Jesus had instructed, not how we instructed, not how we thought how things should be going. Now, this is something that I really can't stress enough in your life. We need to stop repeating the old methods of the sake of old methods. Just because it's worked in the past doesn't mean that it's going to work again. Just because it's worked for your friend or your, or for your family member or your brothers and sisters, it doesn't mean that it will work for you. We need to stop doing things our own way. We need to stop doing things that is someone else's way, but we need to do, do things God's way. And it may not look like the same thing as what everyone else is doing, but it's something unique to you. It's something that is personal to you. It is something that is just blessed upon you and you alone. See, your idea isn't always the best idea. And when I, when I think about this, it reminds me of when I was younger, when I was in Philippines. And for some of you, you may, you may have noticed that I have a, a scar on my arm. And the cause of that is because I thought I knew better. <laughs> and, and the story with that was back then, my family had owned this, uh, I don't know what the proper name of it is, but they owned a, a dress shop where they had formal attire for, for rent or for hire or anything like that, or you could purchase your own dress or formal attire. Now, I was getting ready for school. Um, I was probably at the age of, 
four, five, six, or something like that, I can't remember. Um, but there was this girl that stepped into the shop. And of course, at that age, okay, well, I'm gonna try my shot. I'm gonna see what happens, I'm gonna try and impress her. This was, of course, before I knew Regina, so don't think that, you know, oh, what is he doing? This was before I knew anything, let alone knew anything about picking up girls or anything like that. And so I was in this store, and I was thinking in my head, okay, what is the most impressive thing that I could do right now? Well, the most impressive thing that I could do right now is to run like Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. He was the, at that time, I thought, okay, this is the, this is the absolute coolest. He knows, he knows how to be with the ladies. He knows how to get ladies. I'm going to follow in his footsteps. And so there I was, you know, okay, what would Sonic do? Sonic do? Sonic would probably mention something where it references his friends along the way or anything like that. Okay, so Tails, all right, I'll just mention Tails and how fast I can run and compare myself to Tails. So I'm running back and forth in this shop as fast as I can, saying, oh, Tails, look how fast I'm going, look how fast I'm going. And then she's looking at me and I'm like, okay, great. You know, I've got her attention. I keep going, this is working, this is working. I'm, getting, I'm seeing results already, you know, going faster. But because I now focus on her now, my eyes are on her, I run into this glass panel, onto the sliding door. Did I get her attention? Yes. But I also seeked medical attention from a result of that. And now, not only did I get her attention, but I also probably caused years of trauma. I probably caused, you know, time in her life where she's thinking, okay, well, that was a mess. And then for myself, as a young child, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. One moment, I was impressing this girl, and next thing, I'm laying in a hospital bed trying to get anesthetics. <laughs> so not the smoothest way, but this reminds me, when I, when I see this guy, it reminds me, okay, my way is not always the best way. My way isn't, although it sounds like a good idea, it's not always the best idea. And as funny as that may be, as, you know, to share around in a party or, or share it with you, the reality is, is that not every one of us have to go through a, you know, a situation where we get a scar, where we get anything like that for us to realize like, hey, okay, there are better things that God has planned for me. So what I wanna share with you is that you don't need to go through scars, you don't need to go through pain, you don't need to go through hardship for you to learn a lesson. And God's saying there are things that, there's called necessary and unnecessary challenges. And what I went through when I went through that glass panel, that was an unnecessary challenge. See, God knew in, in time, in future, that I was going to meet someone that I was going to marry. I was going to meet someone without trying to be like someone else, without trying to be some imaginative figure. I don't need to run and sprint back and forth until I hurt myself, but I just needed to be myself. And that was what God knew worked best. God knew that you just be the creation I've created you to be. And then your blessing in this area will come. And lo and behold, I'm blessed without having to run into any more glass panels. See, for church, this, this is this one I highlight to you. And this is the, the reality of it is for some, for some watching today, for some listening uh, while they're driving their car or listening to the podcast, this may be your only point of contact in church where this is 
the only time you're growing this intimacy. And even then, I'm sure, because I know for myself, but sometimes on watch, I do get distracted sometimes, but the scary thing is maybe right now you're distracted right now. Maybe your dog just walked into the room and now your attention's on your dog. Maybe you're thinking, oh, wow, how cute, how cute is this dog? And then you miss out on the, the five minutes as to what I was saying or to, to what anyone else is saying. Or maybe you're driving and then you get distracted. You see something outside the window. You see like a billboard talking about, you know, a Macca's deal. And you're like, wow, wow, $5 for a Big Mac, large meal. Oh, wow, I got to go for that. And then you miss out entirely. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, listening to messages while you're driving is a bad thing. It's a great thing. I've done it before. But when we want to be intimate with God, it takes more than just sitting in on Sunday. It takes more than just attending a church service. It takes more than just listening to podcasts, driving back and forth from work or commuting from one place to another. Intimacy requires your private place, your own personal time throughout the day. You know, this is, this is what will grow us. This is what will grow you. So God is really seeking your attention, trying to seek your attention back onto him and allowing him to speak into you, speak into your life, speak into your situation. See, not everything that we're going through, not every opposition that we go through, we, we, we don't need to title everything as, okay, this is from the enemy, this is what the enemy is doing in my life, well, the enemy is really against me right now. But sometimes when we see opposition, we need to think, okay, God, what is the opportunity right now? What is something here that you want me to learn from? What is something that you want me to speak into my life? How do I grow from this rather than something that pushes me down, which is something that minimizes me in this world. How can I expand from this? How can I grow from this? See it, try and see it as an opportunity. You know, I see try because sometimes some challenges are really overwhelming, but it's something that we need to pray about, be intimate with God about, and ask, okay, God, how can I grow this? Because it's not that God tests our faith because he knows the measure of faith. He knows how much he's poured out into you. He knows how much he's invested into you. But what God tests is your obedience. That's right, God tests your obedience. Will you do what he says? Will you not do what he says? Will you think about it and then miss out on it? Will you think about it and then fulfill it? See, church, I want to remind you that despite these things, he sees you in your good times and he sees you in your bad times. You know, he sees you right now. He sees you at home, whether you're hurting, whether you're in pain whether there's a breakup, whether there's something that isn't going well in your life, whether it be a lack in finance, whether things are going all the way wrong. Maybe you feel like, well, my family is really spreading out. Maybe you're feeling like your family is becoming more distant from God. And God sees all of that. And not only does he see all of that, not only does he just see this in your life, but he's with you. He's with you in all those stages. He's with you in your hurt. He's with you in your breakup. He's with you in your miscarriage. He's with you in your doubts. He's with you in your fears. He's with you when you're feeling like no one else loves you. He's feeling you in your lonesomeness. He's with you right now. He's with you when you're hurting from your scars or when you feel like making scars. God is with you in every moment. He's with you intimately, close to you, breathing life into you, reminding you that I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And what he reminds, wants to remind you this morning is that if I'm with you, if I'm with you right now, if I am for you, then what can be against you? Church, what can be against you this morning when God is with you? So church, let me remind you, don't, don't back down, don't back out, 
Don't take a reserved seat when you're in a relationship with God. Don't feel like, okay, I want to praise Him, I want to be intimate with Him, but what, what, what will people think? What will my family think? Don't worry about what your family will think because it's about your relationship with God. It's not about your relationship with your family that then produces your relationship with God. It's a direct relationship with God that you need to develop. So if you're praising Him in your life right now, which I encourage you to, it may be tough, it may be difficult in this time during COVID, when we're locked in, when we're locked down. But I'm telling you, this is no reason for, for us to shut down our faith, for us to, this isn't a reason for us to be quiet and to be still. You know, what the amazing thing is, I'm seeing, you know, in my social media, I'm seeing posts from churches that are just building encouragement and I'm seeing Planet Shakers, for example. I see some of uh, my friends that attend Planet Shakers where they, they're saying this thing, we choose joy, we choose joy. Church, let me encourage you, choose joy this morning, choose praise, choose encouragement this morning, choose to be intimate with God. You know, and if the enemy comes up to you saying like, look, look, you can't be praising him. You've, got, you've done this, you've done that. You have no right to be praising him then this is your opportunity to speak up to him and say, well, you didn't create me. I know who created me and I begin to praise him and I will continue to praise him. Church, be encouraged this morning that you have far more greater things that are in store for you, that this is not the end. This is just the beginning. This is just, you know, you building your momentum to greater and greater things. So church, we just come now in a time of prayer. So Heavenly Father, I thank you that you want to be intimate with us, Lord. Thank you that you have given us the opportunity to be intimate with you. Thank you for being so close to us that no matter how many times we stumble or, or trip or fall or, or, or slide into areas that we don't want to be in or, or misalign ourselves, that it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you love us less, but you love us more and more and more and more and more. And it's not that you have favorites among us, it's that you love us uniquely each to our own. Thank you, Lord, for all of this, Lord. And in Jesus' name, amen. Church, I want to remind you that in the Word, Jesus talks about us picking up our own cross. And it doesn't mean that it's to pick up our suffering, to remind ourselves just how bad we are or how much we've been struggling or anything like that. But this cross that He asks us to pick up, this cross that He asks us to take up, to take up into our lives, is His cross. It's his cross of forgiveness, his cross of salvation to remind us. He's basically reminding us and telling us, pick up the very thing that I've forgiven you with. Pick up the forgiveness. Pick up the salvation. Pick up my love. Pick up my intimacy. And for those that are interested to want to be intimate with God, for those that want to give their hearts to God, there'll be links down below there's something that you can scan on the side to know more about what this relationship with God looks like what this means to you and if you are interested if you want to be prayed over if you want to start this exciting relationship this life-changing relationship that you can get in contact with one of us you can email us you can give us a call you can get in contact with us and we'll be with you because this is a journey that we, we want to be strengthening you we want to be empowering you because this is a life-changing thing this isn't something, this isn't a free ticket to heaven. This is a ticket to a life-changing situation. So church, bless you this morning. Bless you for the rest of the week. Bless you for the rest of the year. And I hope to see you all soon. God bless.